0: You
1: can easily track your budget in real time and get and alerted F-C. if anything looks off. And we're waiting over for three. the Eric Swalwell interview. Well, welcome back. I am excited. As I told you, we've got California 14th District Representative uh, Eric Swalwell. I'm thrilled. Right, I think I've been bugging you on, tw- on uh, text messages for a while. <laughs> Congressman. So, uh, right. uh, right. Man, it's great to I'm have really you here. i with y'all. Uh, it's great. Love it. Welcome to Myest Touch Network. Our, our fans love you. So it's just great to have you. You know, I did a little bit, before, oh, you know, nice. at the beginning, there, as you heard talk about just the clown oh, show. Show, right? Just such, between the Tuberville stuff on the other okay. side, between Narja Green trying to pull out NATO, and of course, the fake witnesses. I mean, it's just on and on, and, and I watched oh, you yesterday okay. or this week in the Judiciary yeah, Committee, you opened right up with a nice little punch at, you know, Jim Jordan, the fact that he hasn't replied to his own subpoena for well over 400 days right now. You know, I mean, how are you, how are you, it's, it's such a simple question, how do you go to work every day in such a, a freaking clown show?
2: <laughs> yeah, a, a lot's on the line, right? Yeah. Uh, and
1: that's
2: how I do it. I, I've got uh, a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and a one-year-old. So I would say I'm contractually an optimist uh, on their behalf. Uh, I have to be. Yeah. Uh, and so you know, for them, uh, just punching back at, at this nonsense. And you know, yeah. to start the hearing yesterday, uh, to immediately call out Jordan for you know the the whole hearing. He's saying that the FBI is lawless because they're not helping Trump and they're not going after Hunter Biden enough. And he's you know, he's weaponizing them in the way that he doesn't, he's weaponizing his committee in the way he doesn't want them to weaponize government. Yep. And I just thought, wait, this guy, this guy has been out of compliance of a congressional subpoena for 400 plus days, and we're going to be lectured by him yep. about lawfulness. And, and, and so my approach has been this Congress to take a 3 D approach uh, with these guys. So... Okay. Miss credit immediately. Uh, so as you said, just you know from the get, make sure that they are you know on their side of the field, uh, and that we're not letting them be on offense. And, and it's, it's easy with Jordan because he didn't honor his subpoena, so he has no credibility. Uh, the second D would be to defend the Biden administration where necessary but but the key here uh fred is to not you know chase every ball that they throw like we don't have to respond to everything because so much of it is nonsense if you're popping up uh in response to something they say pretty soon i think uh the voters uh our constituents just tune out um so discredit uh defend and and then as i ended my questioning uh deliver Uh, pivot to what we would deliver if we were in the majority. And and I wanted it to be clear that, you know, they could say the word laptop over and over and over, and it was just laptop, 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 laptop. (laughs) But we should be talking about the mass shootings that have occurred 300 plus so far in July. We've got the FBI director before us we should put,
1: you know, God forbid, maybe lives over laptops. And, and so I think that's a good formula for us. And, and, and so that's exactly, so the three D's is the key, and I really appreciate it. And, 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 I've, and, I've, and I've been very blessed, I've seen speaker, or excuse me, leader Jeffrey speak. I mean, I've been very impressed by how you guys are, are just, you're doing a great job, not to blow smoke up your ass, but we're here. <laughs> you know, I'm very impressed by how, you know, especially, you know, I live in Missouri, there's a young woman here named uh, Crystal Quaid, she's the House Minority Leader for the state of Missouri delegation. and she She's on the super minority, right, Eric? And she has got, it's brilliant, Did a brilliant job of splitting her opponents, splitting the yep. house, because they all hate each other, right? I mean, you see it, I'm sure, they, they, they all hate each other, so you kind of pretty much, are you finding yourself trying to run that gauntlet between how they all kind of fight each other, or how does that play out for you up in DC? Oh, there, there's absolutely a tactic in uh, divide
2: and conquer, right? Um, you have to, you know, see that as an opportunity, um, because... like And at the end of the day, this is about whether we have community or we have chaos uh, in our country. I mean, that's how I see it. And in every way, they offer chaos, you know, whether it was paying America's bills by lifting the debt ceiling. It was more Democrats than Republicans who voted to do that. They they chose chaos, you know, crashing the economy, crashing your personal savings, uh, keeping the government open. Uh, we're going to have to do that in a couple uh, weeks here. And they have chosen chaos. A number of their members are saying we should just shut it down as if it's just like, you know, a TV that you just turn off and you could turn back on and there's no consequences in between. That's not how it works. Uh, people are going to lose their jobs uh, and national security is going to be on the line. Yep. And then on Ukraine, again, you know, this fight for democracy over in uh, Europe right now that could come, you know, to oh, our shores. Uh, they're willing to just walk away and they can just have absolute chaos uh, in the world. And so I, I do think most Americans right now, uh, they prefer community uh, over chaos. And if we're a team community, uh, that works. And then dividing chaos, I think, uh, is a tactic that
1: is quite effective. Yeah, and, and, they, and they're handing it to you on a plate. I did like, though, but the professional part of this you did circle back in your conversation. It's something I know a lot about uh, as a former Lincoln Project guy, by the way. <laughs> a little bit about being doxxed, <laughs> you know, and death yeah. threats. I know your family has suffered that. You've got small children. I was really impressed. Maybe, and it's a serious issue. These FBI agents are being attacked. Now, it's being egged on by your political opponents. Do you think yeah. that's a, the, the way they ignore that? <laughs> part of me thinks yeah. that's the plan, right? I mean, they, they like that chaos, right?
2: Yep. Uh, No, Fred, they know exactly uh, what they're doing. Their silence in condemning it is is their complicity uh, in violence uh, happening. And right now you have this former Trump aide, he's got this website, I don't even want to say the name of it. Uh, He is putting the pictures of FBI agents, their dates of birth, uh, in some cases, addresses. Uh, He's saying about the Hunter Biden, one of the line prosecutors. Uh, that his mission is going to be to make her pay, uh, whether it's justice or some other way. And, and, you know, that's just that's out of bounds. It's meant to intimidate. Uh, and, and I'm not going to let them bully uh, our law enforcement around. And so I, I know by calling this guy out, it's probably going to bring more fire our way. Uh, but fuck <laughs> them. Like, yeah, we're not going to be bullied uh, by these folks. And, and that's, that's the only path they know. It, it, they're not winning on ideas. And if you go back to the start of the hearing yesterday with Christopher Ray, what struck me was when Jim Jordan said that the reason the Republicans lost the 2020 election was essentially that the FBI. Uh, would not let the public learn more about Hunter Biden's laptop. It was just like, what? what? Like are, right. are you are you fucking kidding me that you think that you guys lost a presidential election because the public couldn't see non-consensual nudes of a private citizen? It wasn't because of your ideas. Like, that's what you guys are falling <laughs> back on now. And, yeah. and by the way, this party of privacy you know they care so much about protecting against the surveillance state but if a laptop you know lands in their lap and they can expose it to embarrass you know the person uh, who lost it that's okay again it's just that's where they have taken us right now and what i appreciate about the midas touch and what you all do is you you push
1: back Uh, you don't go looking for a fight but when they bring
2: it you punch back twice as hard and, and that's the only way uh, forward
1: uh, with these guys. I, I agree, and and I've got a lot of history doing it again in my career too. And and I tell people a lot, you know, we're, we're here for it. You know, I, I've I've had my house, my old house was published on the web. You know, it's like, you know, it's, I, it's funny. Like, every now and then I'll get a little threatened. I'm like, really, get mine. <laughs> you know, guys like us in the public eye, and that's the point. We we should move out and take fire. You know, people like us should move out. It's not fair though. It's completely inappropriate for a private citizen like a freaking FBI agent, for God's sake. I have a lot of friends that work there. A lot of my military veteran friends went into the FBI. A good friend of mine was actually the guy in charge of the entire the, the, the the um the hostage rescue team at one point a very serious matter. Now, I love to turn, I only got a little bit of time, because there's good news. My God, you guys had a great news week. The Biden economy, the economy is freaking rolling. economy, you know, inflation is down with 0.02% last month, a total of 3% annual, the numbers dropping, fuel prices are down. I'm loving airline tickets going down. I appreciate that one. (laughs) You know, it's, I mean, things are, the the bills you've passed, it's got to feel good starting to see some positive impact. How do we tell that story better, Congressman? I mean, how do we, how do we make sure people know that?
2: Yeah, Bidenomics, you know, is really, to me, a comeback story. Right. Uh, you know, a country that is coming back from uh, COVID, uh, you know, and main streets are open, schools are open, uh, churches are open. Uh, a country coming back from, you know, inflation uh, and it's seeing that finally start, you know, to come down, you know, a country... Uh, that is coming back from high unemployment uh, that we saw, you know, during COVID, and, and it's at three, you know, I think 0.6% right now, three plus million jobs uh, added. Uh, so yeah, it, it has to be a comeback story. It has to be a comeback story for everyone. And, and so I, I, you know, I don't want to say that you know we're entirely where we need to be, but we're we're on we're on our way. And, and so I, I think if we frame it that way, Americans understand what a comeback story is, uh, and you know, the president has brought us. Uh, back from you know one of the darkest places this country's been uh, in a hundred years. You know the the COVID uh, shutdown uh, to our economy, our livelihood, uh,
1: and, and our you know just our communities. Yeah, and doing it quietly while building coalitions. We, we see it again and again. Uh, I, I talk a lot on the show. We had General Ben Hodges, who used to be U.S. Army Europe commander here last week, talking about how Biden is very good, that old senator in him, right? Uh, I beat him up for it, but also it helps in time right there. All of a sudden, Turkey's cool with Sweden. That was weird. <laughs> you know, that, that's, that's very, very quiet. Very quietly,
2: as you say, um and then he's brought NATO back together, right? Right. Uh, essentially walked us away from NATO, and alienate us from our allies. And you know what that does, by the way, and I think we should say this more. When we don't have allies in the world and we can't rely on NATO, it costs us more taxpayer money to pay for our national defense. And when we do have allies and, and we can collectively, you know, have a, a common defense uh, with NATO or other partnerships, it should cost us less, and, and so at the end of the day, uh, you know, we should strive to bring down, you know, the defense spending, put that into our communities because we are bringing back uh, NATO and, you know, these holy alliances
1: uh, that protect freedom. Yeah, and, 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 and we're growing and we're working on Now, I was talking to one of your colleagues and, you know, I live in St. Louis, but St. Louis has made a, it's kind of a different shifting of gears, but it relates. Um, here in St. Louis, we're trying to build a very welcoming community for our Afghan refugees. I was involved in in some of the work the International Institute here in St. Louis of getting on supplies. I understand you in the East Bay, though, have also a large Afghan population. You've personally been very involved in trying to make them feel welcome. I mean, it's very important. We talk about Afghanistan and the, the fall, but we we also, a lot of us who are veterans especially get frustrated. 'Cause we're not talking about the result you know aftermath, which is, is you know our allies being abandoned. What are you guys doing on the East Bay to make our Afghan allies feel welcome and what are you doing in DC? Well, and,
2: you know, first and actually said this at the top, thank you for you know, your service, you know, to our country and in, in my district we've got the largest Afghan American population in the country. Uh, little Kabul is in my district. Uh, if you read the book, uh, Club Runner, it tells the story of the family going from Kabul to, uh, Fremont, California, which is in my district. And so, uh, when, uh, the evacuation uh, took place, uh, we had a peak, uh, 6,000 refugee cases uh that we were working on uh and you know it really uh was just heartbreaking because um we had more losses than wins uh, in our ability to get people out uh that we were trying to help uh we're still trying to help them I, i just got great news that uh an afghan interpreter who two years ago uh two augusts ago uh flagged me down at a town hall a very very emotional uh, frankly, he was screaming at me for, for good reason uh, that he had gotten back, but his wife, his pregnant wife, was stuck in Afghanistan. Uh, we just learned, he texted me earlier this week, a uh, picture of uh, the visa for his wife uh, and their baby, who's now been born, and they're all going to be uh, united in America. And so, like, it took two years for that to happen, but uh, we did it. Um, again, we, we still have... more cases that are outstanding than wins, Uh, but we're going to try and help as many of them as we can, because as you said, that was a commitment that they made to the United States, and our commitment back uh, was that we would get you here.
1: That's wonderful. Again, I have, uh, I did lose an interpreter in Iraq. His family lives here in the the United States, and then I've got others, and and it's amazing to me how much this matters to my peers and to my fellow veterans, that we are taking care of the Afghan allies. The one who did sacrifice next was anti-Iraqi allies as well. And it kind of got me thinking as you are talking, My viewers are like, what are we talking about? Constituent Services, right? I mean, it sounds dumb, but I, you know, I, I don't know if you know, I helped my friend Marcus Flowers run for Congress against Marjorie Terry Green, yeah. and Marjorie, of course, doesn't even have district offices. Well, she has district offices, but doesn't list them. I mean, if you go to her website, it's a PO box, right? And and that, that nuts and bolts, and what I just heard you talking about helping your Afghan-American uh, constituents and even non-constituents is, is that 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 everyday um, knife-fighting and wrench-turning of being a member of Congress that matters Constituent Services, and I don't think enough Americans Understand it. I, I was amazed how often I knocked doors, are, and 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 people had like, they had no idea what a congressman was supposed to do beyond you know you know distant. I mean, I think I thought, I know you put a lot. What I just heard very clearly is you put a lot of emphasis on that. I mean, how does that matter to you, and how do you execute that effectively in a district? So my job title
2: is representative, right? So the yeah. way I look at this is um, first and foremost, uh, you know, I have to help people in need, whether it's you know a, a passport, social security benefits, veteran benefits. Uh, visa issues, and, and so we do thousands of those types of cases, and the most fulfilling uh, parts of my days and weeks are when I learn of a success uh, in that realm. And, and so uh, that, you know, sweeping legislation comes every yeah. five, five, ten years, right, and yeah. we'll work on that and we'll aim toward that, but the day-to-day, um, you know, just uh, nurture and care of your constituents, that's really, I think, what they elected you to do. And that's, frankly, as I said, just the most fulfilling uh, part of doing it. And, you know, fighting for p- people who are owed a couple thousand dollars in an IRS a refund, and they're fighting the IRS to get it, and our office is working uh, to get it, and then they get it. And, and, you know, to the federal budget, that may seem like a drop in the bucket, but to my constituents, um, you know, that's, that's, yeah. those are bills or those are savings, and, and it means a lot. And, and my job is to fight for them not to be – uh, as you pointed out with Marjorie Taylor Greene, like just a clap back culture warrior who um, just sees owning the libs as like what she does, and and that that's frustrating. Is that there's too many people that I serve with who I think approach it
1: that way. Yeah, it's incredibly frustrating. I saw it firsthand, you know. And 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 saying, and with that last piece, um, and you brought the word up, so I'm going to jump on it now. The culture wars, right? So a theme I use a lot, of shows, Eric, is is that where some people have some of the culture war to perhaps. Some folks who are professionals in my business, <laughs> um, is, is not necessarily a war, a culture war out here in the red states or otherwise. I mean, it's a real war. Women are losing their lives because they can't get healthcare. Transgender kids are committing suicide. I mean, these are real life and death issues to a lot of Americans. I mean, how do you, I mean, it's, I, it's gotta be a fine line you're trying to head. I know we gotta talk about the economy and all, but there, there is real fear in a lot of parts of our country that yep. they're gonna lose their yep. actual rights, right? I mean, how do we fight back? How, how do we Murder. fight that battle and change that yeah.
2: I've thought about this a lot, Fred, and I'm convinced that one of the best ways, and I'll give you the trans attack uh, as an example, I don't think on the merits, like, we're going to convince Republicans that it's complete bullshit what they're alleging that this is a widespread issue where every little girl in America would be an Olympic athlete except for the trans kid who's taking, you know, her spot on the team. Like We're talking about something that just is not happening... Very often anywhere, but like they have elevated to like put the fear of God and every parent that this would happen. What I think we should do is we should impose a cost on them for their obsession. And so we should make this their obsession, not our obsession. And we should ask them, like, why do you want to go into our little kids locker rooms and do genital checks? Like that—that's kind of weird. Like I, I'm a parent. I don't want you anywhere near my kids. Like that's creepy. Like make them feel weird about it because it's weird. And if you play it to its logical extension, yeah, that's what these laws I totally would do. It would that's be on-demand genital checks. Like that's. Uh, why that's are you crazy. so obsessed and with other so people's genitalia? Rather than like trying to debate yes. back and forth on the marriage, just say what you're asking for is an on-demand gender check, and I don't want you near my kids. Stop being a creep. Like that's the thing. And it's to impose that cost on them so that they just don't try and stoke that as an issue because they recognize they're going to look like weirdos. Like, I think that's how we should approach a lot of this. That's what I, I recognized yesterday with the laptop was we're never going to win on the laptop. Uh, we're never going to convince the Republicans that this is all nonsense, but if we make them look weird for wanting, you know, to look at a private citizens, non-consensual nudes, they're going to stop saying it. You know what happened? After I said that, <laughs> I think one or two more times at most for the next 20 Republicans who questioned Ray, did you hear the word laptop? But before you had heard laptop, laptop, laptop. Right. And once I called them out on it, they stopped because I think they were like feeling like weirdos. And, and so that's where what, what you all do and, and what I think more of us need to do is to just, as I said, play on their side of the field uh, and, and don't be afraid. You're, you're we're on the right side
1: here, and
2: uh, we shouldn't be intimidated or
1: bullied, and we don't have to be so nice. I love that, and I'll tell one more antidote, that goes right to that. It's about being on the offensive, right? Look, I'm an old soldier. I don't believe in you know, defense is great, but defense is no way. One of my frustrations, if you look at Afghanistan, one of my frustrations we've had is that we're constantly playing not to lose instead of to win, right? <laughs> that's defense. Not losing and winning are totally different things. And I was actually in a meeting uh, a few months ago, you'll, you'll love this, a Democratic strategist remain remained nameless uh, up in D.C., and she told me that, you know, the organization I was working at the time was like, well, you, know, I understand, you know, why you have you know, Democrats the name? And I'm like, well, that's what we're doing. We're supporting Democrats. We have, we have an organization called Forgotten Dems. We're helping Dems who, yeah. you
3: know, 149
1: races didn't get much support, and uh, and this person had the audacity to say, you know, I've done some focus groups, Fred, and uh, the Democratic brand's really damaged. You know, really, you know, know, I'm like, okay, we hold the White House, the Senate, the the minority. You know, I'm going to, you know what, we're going to agree to disagree. You know, the idea, the idea I should walk away from the name Democrat or walk away from the brand when, that's why I've loved hearing Gavin Newsom just really punch hard. I've enjoyed seeing you. I enjoy seeing Muscovitz. I enjoy seeing your peers. You know, we've got to go on the offensive, and I'm glad to see you doing it. Isn't that just the most ridiculous thing to you? I mean, you're there fighting the fight.
2: And we are the only sanity in town right Right. like Like the democratic party like you may not be a voter that agrees with us on everything but right now as i said it's team community or team chaos and we should welcome as many people you know into team community uh as possible And, and by the way one of my biggest frustrations with democrats and this will happen uh, in about a year, as we starting to get close to the election. Yep. We could be 20 points up in the poll, but there's still kind of this bedwetting culture falling <laughs> like, we're gonna lose. And it's just like, no, like confidence begets confidence. Like right. be confident that our values, our priorities, the fact that we even have values and priorities that are articulable, like are the right ones. Like yes. don't, don't let them get in our head. Yesterday, uh, it, this is another good example. Jim Jordan kept citing that the FBI approval rating was 35%. Well, here's why the FBI approval rating is 35% is because they shit on the FBI for the last two years, and then they take the low approval rating after all the lies they've told, and then they use that to reaffirm what they're doing. If we were, I think, better at, at, at again, pushing back against that, it wouldn't have been so low, and they wouldn't be able to use that as often. So, you know, for, for the Democratic Party, we have every reason to be confident. We won in 18. We won in 20. We beat expectations in 22. We've won in these off-year elections in Wisconsin and Jacksonville. Look, we are on a winning streak, and we should embrace and it. Also, we shouldn't be afraid of it. We yes, shouldn't shy The away Republicans from it. We are going to tank. But we're on the right side of this. Yep. To win. Because they're Not
4: so to fucking Not weird
0: If
1: you hmm. to hold, no. <laughs> win, 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 and so we could put this away. I think I think you're right. It's thrilling to hear that. And that's again. That's why I'm such a, a fan of your work. I'm a fan of a lot of your colleagues. I, I'm, I, I'm a, a super fan of Mr. Jeffries. I mean, because we do. We, we, we can't sit back. I mean, and, the, and look for an old, as an old soldier, the, the nation isn't.
0: So I'm sharing that on YouTube and news feeds. You can hear the, um, Oh, okay. Thank you for your service.
1: Okay, I got 13 followers
0: on Christopher
1: Prez. Danger. Yeah, this show is called On Democracy because for a reason. Our democracy truly is in danger. On like Facebook. nothing I've seen. Going back to the violence you and I talked about earlier. You know, the federal agents being dodged. Follow me, Christopher prez,
0: prez on Facebook.
1: I studied the beer hall I studied the Nazi movement to power street violence using these yep. unofficial, you know, the black shirts in the Italy, the brown shirts in Germany, that's the mode, that's the method. And we can sit back and ignore it. We'll pay a price mm. and I'm thrilled that you guys... And you know this. that we,
2: we, in our lifetime, we've seen
1: that price paid.
2: Uh, Oklahoma City, right? right? I mean, the the children and the federal law enforcement officers and the staff who were killed there uh, because we were hurtling toward you know, this kind of white-hot moment of, you know, white nationalism... Uh, and the, the consequences uh, were catastrophic. And then, so we, we've seen this before, uh, and we certainly don't we've want it to visit before. us again.
1: Yeah, and we can't oh. shy away from it. Eric, I know you have a hard stop. I can't thank you enough for joining us, sir. Cool. What a pleasure. Thanks you know, for having uh, yeah, me. Yeah, I love what you all are doing.
2: It's so important, and it's often cited to me. Uh, like why can't you all be more like the Midas touch
1: <laughs> let me, it's a joy being part of the brothers they've uh, they've been mentors to me I, you know you're not every day to let, let an old man like me come in and run a show <laughs> <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> so I appreciate you sir <laughs> get back in the flight and I look for you, yep. should Talk you run the Cheers. Show. thanks. Man, well, what I a did. great conversation. You I love stuff. talking to Congress as well. well uh, I, 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 we're going to do another break. we got some incredible sponsors this week. The show would not run without sponsors, so let's hear from a couple of more sponsors, and we'll talk some more about but the crazy stuff going on. We and my week in uh, my week up in D.C. that was really educational, that, um, let me tell you a little bit about what, some cool stuff that's going on. Do you know your temperature at night kind of one no, of the greatest no, no, impacts no. on your shirt under four Wait, hours? No. Blow, blow me. Benefits for veterans. It does, it's specifically designed to help veterans who are exposed to burn no. pits, Agent Orange, I served in Iraq. I did three tours and also Desert Storm. And while I served in the Central Command region, we would burn it. For those to understand, we would burn our garbage, okay? So the way it works is you build a big pit, we throw jet fuel on it, and throw everything in there. And, and honestly, that sometimes meant batteries, lithium battery, I mean, stuff that should not be burned. Mm-hmm. But we would throw it all in that hole, and, and it became the norm over there. So if you were working on a base, you may be exposed to all kinds of toxic chemicals. And we're starting to see some really horrifying effects to a lot of our peers. I'm not going to name names, but I will tell you that three of my bosses from combat, men just a few years older than me, all three of my major bosses ended up with prostate cancer at some point. Very unusual cluster, right? And so what happened is with the pac what they did was they made a number, a couple hundred actually, of conditions associated with healthcare. As what they call presumptive conditions, and for what that means is, let's say you're a Vietnam veteran who's exposed to Agent Orange. You've never filed for your benefits all these years later because not every veteran's automatically enrolled in the VA. A lot of them, especially our older vets, God bless them. I can't tell how many older vets have said to me, "Fred, uh, I don't need that." There's guys who need more than I do. Like there's a limited pot of money. Well, I got that. Yeah, if you know anything about our government, there isn't a limited pot of money, but there certainly isn't for veterans. If this gentleman or a veteran has developed hypertension, they are now saying that hypertension in Vietnam veterans exposed to Agent Orange is a presumptive condition of his service in the military in Vietnam. And that means that one, he'll get benefits Hey, believe it or not, I disability payment and health care free from the government through the VA. It's a very significant thing. And the best part of this whole story, the reason I got to meet the Secretary of VA, Mr. McDonough, and others, is because if veterans will file what's either an intent to file, which means the form you fill out saying, hey, I'm gonna file, or actually drop your paperwork quickly at the VA before August 9th, 2023. So we're just a couple three weeks out. But if you drop your paperwork before August 9th under the PACT Act, they will backdate any benefits you attain, any care you attain, all the way back to when the law was passed a year ago. Can I tell you folks, this is a significant amount of money. If you end if up with 50% disability or 100% disability, I'm not going to give you numbers. It's a significant chunk of change that when I first filed for my benefits two years after I retired from the Army, was a very, oh my God, it changed my life. And my ability to get that money and get that health care was huge for me, even as a retired officer from the Army. So again, they're, they're pushing us all to kind of speak about it. I'm a veteran, and I know a lot of veterans watch our show and a lot of veterans' families watch our show, and this applies to your family too. I mean, if you're if you're the daughter of a veteran from from Vietnam, and he suffered from these, you can you can get the benefits. You can get uh, imagine the ability to put your father or your mother in a home, you know, in a nursing home for free. Uh, and when they pass, the veterans get benefits to get a free burial. This is important stuff that is life changing for a lot of Americans' lives, all because of my friends, my sisters, my brothers, my you know, mom's kids. Dads served in the United States military and earned these; they earned benefits. And so, we're urging—I'm proud to partner with the VA—to urge you to seek out your care if you served in the Central Command region in the modern era, Desert Storm, Forward, like me and many of my friends. If you served in Vietnam and perhaps, perhaps were exposed to Agent Orange, if you served in the military and were exposed to toxic substances, otherwise, this is a chance to quickly get your paperwork in. Get the benefits you've earned. It's very simple to go. Go to va.gov slash pact. I'll have Matt put that on screen. It's that easy, va.gov slash t-a-c-t. Mm-hmm. Click on that site, it leads lead you to where you can file your paperwork. And the last note I'll say is, what impressed me with my visit to the VA is everybody I met everybody. was trying to find ways to help veterans. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole pitch that they gave us that were there, is we want veterans to get the money they've earned. We want veterans to get the health care they've earned. And, and I know a lot of people who have dealt with the VA in past lives, past years. they often felt almost like an antagonistic relationship uh, for many years. When I was a young soldier, you know, the VA was seen as not necessarily a helper to veterans, but an obstacle. That they tried to find ways to not give you your earned benefits, to not give you care. And I got to tell you, I'm very, very, very impressed with Madonna, Secretary McDonough and his team, and the culture that he's building, that he's pushing, which is, no, our doors are open to the veterans. They invited me and a couple of my peers, my friend Charlotte Kleinman was there, if you remember Charlotte, she was on the show, to simply tell Chris Goldsmith was there, who was also on the show. They invited us there to tell us, please, 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 use your platforms, tell your peers that this is an opportunity for us to give them the health care and the benefits that they deserve and they've earned that our Congress, to their credit, asked so that those of us who have served, those of you who have family members who served, earn the benefits and the health they deserve. Because I tell you what, look, there's no way around it, folks. A lot of people have gotten really sick serving, okay? Uh, I've seen good friends die. I just, on the way... On the way here for today at the studio, uh, I got noticed that one of my Apache helicopter pilots from Dead of Storm passed... This week, he couldn't have been older than sixty-three. So, those of us who serve that range, please get your benefits. It's not too late. It's not a limited pool. The VA wants you to sign up. I would hope that you will. Again, that's va.gov/pact. Would really love you to sign up and, and get your earned benefits. Uh, and please tell your friends, tell your neighbors. Write me. Leave a comment on the show on Minus Touch Network wherever. Um, I do really feel this is very important. That's why I'm proud to take time on the show. I hope you stayed with us and had this discussion with us. In the meantime, man, uh, that was a great show. Uh, talking to Congressman Swalwell, um, you can see the fight we're up against, right? You can see how important it is. This week they come at the economic yeah, news came bad. out. They're great. There's yeah, just no way. I, I forgot to mention eggs. Yeah, all you heard was
2: I mean, is, is there complicity
1: well, welcome back, and I am excited as I told you, we've got California 14th District Representative uh, Eric Swalwell joining us. I'm thrilled! I think I've been bugging you on tw- on uh, text messages for a while, <laughs> Congressman. Good. So, All right. uh, Thanks, man, it's great to I'm have really you excited here. Excited to be on with y'all. Oh, uh, it's great, love it. Welcome to MyS2 Touch Network. Our, our fans love you, so it's just great to have you. You know, I did a little bit, before, you know, at the beginning there, as you heard, talk about just the clown show, right? Just such between the Tumberville stuff on the other side, between Narja Taylor Green trying to pull side NATO, and then of course the fake witnesses. I mean, it's just on and on and, and I watched you yesterday or this week in the judiciary committee you opened right up with a nice little punch at you know Jim Jordan the fact that he hasn't replied to his own subpoena for well over 400 days right now you know I mean how are you how are you it's such a simple question how do you go to work every day on such a, a freaking clown show yeah a lot's on the line right yeah. and that's
2: how I do it I've got uh a six-year-old a four-year-old and a one-year-old so i would say i'm contractually an optimist uh, on their behalf. i have to be yeah and so you know for them uh just punching back at, at this nonsense and you know to start the hearing yesterday uh to immediately call out jordan for You know, there's a whole hearing he's saying that the FBI is lawless because they're not helping Trump and they're not going after Hunter Biden enough. and he's, you know, he's weaponizing them in the way that he doesn't, he's weaponizing his committee in the way he doesn't want them to weaponize government. And I just thought, wait, this guy, this guy has been out of compliance of a congressional subpoena for 400 plus days and we're going to be lectured by him about lawfulness, and, and so my approach has been this Congress Democrats to need to grow a approach, fucking spine and uh, call for done. mass so expulsion,
0: that's what I would say. Immediately,
2: uh, so as you said, just, you know, from the get, make sure that they are, you know, on their side of the field, uh, and that we're not letting them be on offense. and, and it's, it's easy with Jordan because he didn't honor a subpoena, so he has no credibility. Uh, the second D would be to defend the Biden administration, where necessary, but but the key here, uh, Fred, is to not you know chase every ball that they throw. Like we don't have to respond to everything because so much of it is nonsense. If you're popping up uh, in response to something they say, pretty soon I think uh, the voters, uh, our constituents, just tune out. Um, so discredit, uh, defend, and and then as I ended my questioning, uh, deliver. Uh, pivot to what we would deliver if we were in the majority and and I wanted it to be clear that you know They could say the word laptop over and over and over and it was just laptop 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 But we should be talking about the mass shootings that have occurred 300 plus so far in July yep. We've got the FBI director before us. We should put you know, God forbid maybe lives over laptops And, and so I think that's a good formula
1: for us and, and, and so that's exactly so the three D's is the key and I really appreciate it. And, 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 I've, and, I've, and I've been very blessed I've seen speaker or excuse me leader Jeffrey speak I mean I've been very impressed by how you guys are, are just you're doing a great job not to blow smoke up your ass but we're here <laughs> you know I'm very impressed by how it, I, especially you know I live in Missouri there's a young woman here named uh, Crystal Quaid she's the house minority leader for the state of Missouri the house delegation and she's done a brilliant. she's on the super minority right Eric and she has got it's brilliant done a brilliant job of splitting her opponent and splitting the yep. house because they all hate each other right i mean you see it i'm sure that they, they all hate each other so you kind of pretty much are you finding yourself trying to run that gauntlet between how they all kind of fight each other or how does that play out for you up in dc oh, there, there's absolutely a tactic in uh divide
2: and conquer right um you have to you know see that as an opportunity um because again at the end of the day This is about whether we have community or we have chaos uh, in our country. I mean, that's how I see it. And in every way, they offer chaos. You know, whether it was paying America's bills by lifting the debt ceiling, it was more Democrats than Republicans who voted to do that. They they chose chaos. You know, crashing the economy, crashing your personal savings, uh, keeping the government open. Uh, we're going to have to do that in a couple uh, weeks here, and they have chosen chaos. A number of their members are saying we should just shut it down as if it's just like, you know, a TV that you just turn off and you could turn back on and there's no consequences in between. That's not how it works. Uh, people are going to lose their jobs uh, and national security is going to be on the line. Yep. And then on Ukraine, again, you know, this fight for democracy over in uh, Europe right now that could come, you know, to our shores. Uh, they're willing to just walk away and just have absolute chaos uh, in the world. And so I, I do think most Americans right now, uh, they prefer community uh, over chaos. And if we're team community, uh, that works. And then dividing chaos, it, I think, uh, is a tactic that is quite effective.
1: Yeah, and, and, they, and they're handing it to you on a plate. I did like, though, but the professional part of it is you did circle back in your conversation. It's something I know a lot about uh, as a former Lincoln Project guy, by the way, <laughs> a little bit about being doxxed, <laughs> you know, and death yeah. threats. I know your family has suffered that. You've got small children. I was really impressed. Me. And it's a serious issue. These FBI agents are being attacked. Now, it's being egged on by your political opponents. Do you think yeah. that's a, the, the way they ignore that? Part of these things. that's the plan, right? I mean, they, they, they like that chaos, right?
2: Yep. Uh, no, Fred, they know exactly uh, what they're doing. The, the, their silence and condemning it is, is their complicity uh, in violence uh, happening. And right now you have this former Trump aide. He's got this website. I don't even want to say the name of it. Yeah. Uh, but He is putting the pictures of FBI agents, their dates of birth, uh, in some cases, addresses. Uh, he's saying about the Hunter Biden, one of the line prosecutors, uh, that his mission is going to be to make her pay Uh, whether it's justice or some other way and and, you know that's just that's out of bounds it's meant to intimidate Uh, and and I'm not gonna let them bully uh, our law enforcement around and so I I know by calling this guy out it's probably gonna bring more fire our way Uh, but we're not gonna we're not gonna be bullied uh by these folks and and that's that's the only path they know if they're not winning on ideas and if you go back to the start of the hearing yesterday with christopher ray what struck me was when jim jordan said that the reason the republicans lost the 2020 election was essentially that the fbi uh, would not let the public learn more about Hunter Biden's laptop. It was just like, what? Like, are, are you are you fucking kidding me? That you think that you guys lost a presidential election because the public couldn't see non-consensual nudes of a private citizen? It wasn't because of your ideas. Like, that's what you guys are falling back on now. And yeah. and by the way, this party of. Privacy. You know, they care so much about protecting against the surveillance state, but if a laptop, you know, lands in their lap and they can expose it to embarrass, you know, the person uh, who lost it, that's okay. I mean, again, it's just. What you all do is you you push back. Uh, You don't go looking for a fight, but when they bring it, you punch back twice as hard. And and that's the only way uh, forward uh, with these guys.
1: I agree and and I've got a lot of history doing it again in my career too and, and I tell people a lot you know we're, we're here for it you know I, I've, I've had my house my old house was published on the web you know it's like you know it, I, it's funny like every now and then I'll get a little threatened I'm like really get in line <laughs> you know guys like us in the public eye and that's the point we, we should move out and take fire you know people like us should move out and take fire. it's not fair though it's, it's completely inappropriate for a private citizen like a freaking FBI agent for God's sake I have a lot of friends that work there a lot of my military veteran friends went into the FBI a good friend of mine was actually the guy in charge of the, the entire the the, blah, the young blah, 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 rescue blah. team at one point—it's a very serious matter. Now, I, I only got a little bit time because there's good news. My God, you, had a, you guys had a great news week. The Biden economy—the economy is. Freaking rolling economy, you know, inflation is down 0.02 percent last month. prices are down. I'm loving airline tickets going down. I appreciate that one. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, I mean, things are the those have past. It's got Listen. to feel good starting to see some positive impact. How do we tell that story better, Congressman? Yeah. I mean, how do we yeah, yeah. how do we make sure people know that?
2: Yeah, Bidenomics, you know, is really to me a, a comeback story. Right, uh, you know, that is coming back from. Uh, Covid, uh, you know, and main streets are open, schools are open, uh, churches are open. Uh, a country coming back from you know inflation uh, and, and seeing that finally start you know to come down. You know, a, a country uh, that is coming back from high unemployment uh, that we saw you know during Covid. And it's at three, you know, I think point six percent right now. Three plus million jobs uh, added. Uh, so yeah, it, it has to be a comeback story. It has to be a comeback story for everyone. And, and so I, I, you know. I don't want to say that you know we're entirely where we need to be, but we're we're on we're on our way, and and so I, I think if we frame it that way, Americans understand what a comeback story is, uh, and you know the president has brought us uh, back from you know one of the darkest places this country's been uh, in a hundred years, you know the, the COVID uh, shutdowns
1: uh, to our economy, our livelihood, uh, and, and our you know just
3: our
2: communities.
1: Yep. Yeah. And doing it quietly while building coalitions. We, we see it again and again. Uh, I, I talk a lot on the show. We had General Ben Hodges, who used to be U.S. Army Europe commander here last week, talk about how Biden is very good. That old senator in him, right? The, I beat him up for it, but also it helps in time like this. All of a sudden, Turkey's cool Sweden. That was weird. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, that, that's, that's Very,
2: very quietly, very quietly, as you say. Um, and, and he's brought NATO back together, right? right. Uh, to essentially walked us away from NATO, alienated us from our allies. And you know what that does, by the way, and I think we should say this more. When we don't have allies in the world and we can't rely on NATO, it costs us more taxpayer money to pay for our national defense. And when we do have allies and, and we can collectively you know, have a, a common defense uh, with NATO or other partnerships, It should cost us less and and so at the end of the day, uh, you know, we should strive to bring down, you know, the defense spending, put that into our communities because we are bringing back uh, NATO and, you know, these holy alliances uh,
1: that protect freedom. Yeah, and, and, and we're growing and we're, we're, strong, we're stronger for it. Now, I was talking to one of your colleagues and, you know, I live in St. Louis and St. Louis has made a, it's kind of a different shifting of gears, but it relates. Um, here in St. Louis, we're trying to build a very welcoming community for our Afghan refugees. I was involved in, in some of the work the International Institute here in St. Louis of getting them supplies. I understand you in the East Bay, though, have also a large Afghan population. You've personally been very involved in trying to make them feel welcome. I mean, it's very important. We talk about Afghanistan and the fall, but we, we also, a lot of us who are veterans especially get frustrated 'cause we're not talking about the result you know, aftermath, which is, is you know, our allies being abandoned. What are you guys doing on the East Bay to make our Afghan allies feel welcome and what are you doing in D C? Well
2: you know first and I should have said this at the top, thank you for, you know, your service You know, to our country. And in in my district, we've got the largest Afghan American population in the country. Uh, Little Kabul is in my district. If you read the book uh, Kite Runner, it tells the story of the family going from Kabul to uh, Fremont, California, which is in my district. And so uh, when uh, the evacuation uh, took place, we had a peak uh, 6,000 refugee cases uh that we were working on wow. uh and you know it, it really uh, was just heartbreaking because um we had more losses than wins uh, in our ability to get people out uh, that we were trying to help yeah uh, we're still trying to help them I, I just got great news that uh an mm-hmm. afghan interpreter who two years ago uh two augusts ago uh, flagged me down at a town hall a very very emotional Uh, frankly he was screaming at me for for good reason uh, that he had gotten back but his wife, his pregnant wife was stuck in Afghanistan Uh, we just learned, he texted me earlier this week uh, a picture of uh, the visa for his wife uh, and their baby who's now been born and they're all going to be united in America and so like, it took two years for that to happen but uh, we did it, Um, again we, we still have You know more cases that are outstanding than wins yeah Uh, but we're gonna try and help as many of them as we can because as you said that was a commitment that they made to the United States and our commitment back uh, was that we would get you here
1: that's wonderful again I have uh, I did lose an interpreter in Iraq his family lives here in the the United States and then I've got others and and it's amazing to me how much this matters to my peers and to my fellow veterans that we are taking care of our Afghan allies the one who did sacrifice next and our Iraqi allies as well and it kind of got me thinking as you're talking um, it's, uh, my, my viewers are like, what are we talking about? But constituent services, right? I mean, it sounds dumb, but I, you know, I, I don't know if you know, I helped my friend Marcus Flowers run for Congress against Marjorie Terry Green. Yeah. And Marjorie, of course, doesn't even have district offices. Well, she has district offices, but doesn't listen. I mean, if you go to her website, it's PO yeah. Box, right? And and yeah. that, that nuts and bolts, and what I just heard you talking about helping your Afghan-American uh, constituents and even non-constituents is, is that, 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 that that every day, um, knife fighting and wrench turning of being a member of Congress that matters constituent <laughs> services and I don't think enough Americans understand I, I was amazed how often I knocked doors Eric and, and, and people that I, they had no idea what a congressman was supposed to do <laughs> beyond you know, you know yeah. distant. I mean I think I, th- I know you put a lot like, what I just heard very clearly is you put a lot of emphasis on that I mean how does that matter to you and how do you execute that effectively in your district so my job title is representative right so the yep. way I look at this is
2: um, first and foremost uh, you know I have to help people in need, whether it's, you know, a a passport, social security benefits, veteran benefits, uh, visa issues. And and so we do thousands of those types of cases. And the most fulfilling uh, parts of my days and weeks are when I learn of a success uh, in that realm. And and so uh, that, you know, sweeping legislation comes every day. five, five, ten years, right? And we'll work on that and we'll aim toward that, but the day-to-day, you know, just uh, nurture and care of your constituents, that's really, I think, what they elected you to do, and that's uh, frankly, as I said, just the most fulfilling uh, part of doing it. And You know, fighting for people who are owed a couple thousand dollars in an IRS refund and they're fighting the IRS to get it and our office is working uh, to get it, and then they get it and And, you know, to the federal budget, that may seem like a drop in the bucket, but to my constituents, um, you know, that that, those are bills or those are savings. And and it means a lot. And and my job is to fight for them, not to be, uh, as you pointed out with Marjorie Taylor Greene, like just a clap back culture warrior who um, just sees owning the libs as like what she does. And, And that that's frustrating is that there's too many people that I serve with who I think approach it that
1: way. Yeah, it's incredibly frustrating. I saw it firsthand, you know, and 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 saying and with that last piece, um, and you brought the word up, so I'm going to jump on it now. The culture wars, right? So a theme I use a lot on the show here, Eric, is is that where DC, some people, something is a culture war to perhaps some folks who are professionals in my business, <laughs> um, is, is not necessarily a war, a culture war out here in the red states or otherwise. You know, that, it's a real war. Women are losing their lives because they can't get health care. Transgender kids are committing suicide. I mean, these are real life and death issues to a lot of Americans. I mean, how do you... I mean, it's, it's got to be a fine line you're trying to cut. I know we got to talk about the economy and all, but there, there is real fear in a lot of parts of our country yep. that they're going to lose their yep. actual rights, right? I mean, how do we fight back? How, how do we fight that battle and, and change that? battle? Yeah,
2: I, I've thought about this a lot, Fred, and I'm convinced that one of the best ways, and I'll give you the trans attack uh, as an example. I don't think on the merits, like, we're going to convince Republicans that it's complete bullshit what they're alleging, that this is a widespread issue where every little girl in America would be an Olympic athlete except for the trans kid who's taking, you know, her spot on the team. Like, we're talking about something that just is not happening very often anywhere but like they have elevated to like put the fear of God in every parent that this would happen what I think we should do is we should impose a cost on them for their obsession and so we should make this their obsession not our obsession and we should ask them like why do you want to go into our little kids locker rooms and do genital checks. Like, that, that's kind of weird. Like, I, I'm a parent, I don't want you anywhere near my kids. Like, that's creepy. Like, make them feel weird about it, because it's weird. And if you play it to its logical extension, yeah. that's what these laws would do. They would be on-demand genital checks. Like, that's that's crazy. And so we should call that out, rather than, like, trying to debate back and forth on the merits. Just say, what you're asking for is an I'm on-demand genital check, and, and I don't want you near my kids. being a creep like that that's it and and so impose that cost on them so that they just don't try and stoke that as an issue because they recognize they're going to look like weirdos I, i
0: i think that's how we should
2: I recognized yesterday with the laptop was we're never going to win on the laptop. Uh, We're never going to convince the Republicans that this is all nonsense, but if we make them look weird, wanting, you know, to look at private citizens non-consensual news
4: i said dude you need to listen more and talk less i stopped saying it you know what happened
2: after i said that i think one or two more times at most for the next 20 republicans to question ray did you hear the word laptop but before you had heard laptop 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 right and once i called them out on it they stopped because i think they were like feeling like weirdos and, and so that's where what you all do and what I think more of us need to do is to just, as I said, play on their side of the field yeah. uh, and, and don't be afraid. And you're, we're, we're on the right side yeah. here, and uh, we shouldn't be intimidated or bullied, and we don't have to be so nice.
1: I love that. And I'll tell one more anecdote, and that goes right to that. It's about being on the offensive, right? Look, I'm an old soldier. And I believe in, you know, Defense is great, but defense is no way. One of my frustrations, yeah. if you look at Afghanistan, one of my frustrations we've had is,
0: shit like genital checks for their obsession Okay. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for almost a hundred, no, two hundred for stuff. Where's my microphone? You took it outside, didn't you? Okay, Michael Cohen. Where's the Michael Cohen playlist? Disgusting Mango Mussolini. Um,
4: Michael Cohen gets ready for million dollar jury trial.
3: (laughs) I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. Michael Cohen, my co-host on Political Beatdown, is gearing up for a trial in a lawsuit that he has filed against the Trump organization. He had a status conference at the end of last week, and he talked to us about this case exclusively and first here on the Midas Touch Network on the Political Beatdown podcast that I co-host with him. I want you to watch this, and then I'm going to show you a clip from what went down at the status conference where Cohen was in the hallways after. And let me give you a little hint. Cohen announced that he was going to be subpoenaing Don Jr. Here, first let's <laughs> play this clip. Down. Play the clip.
4: Let me start with the simplest. Tomorrow, I have a pre-trial conference uh, scheduled at the courthouse in order to go over a whole series of motions in limine um, prior to next week, the beginning of the voir of the jury. ...point, LOL. It's gonna
0: subpoena Don Jr. Valera Capitan Valera Capitan.
4: Uh, So excited about that, you know, one of the topics is um, whether or not Donald Trump, whether or not the court will permit um, or force by subpoena Donald Trump to appear for the trial uh, to take the stand. Who knows? um, Something that, you know, we would like. And it's something that I think is necessary. But then again, we have to leave it up to the court to make uh, that determination.
3: Uh, Before getting into more, Cohen, can I pause right there? So just to be clear, so you have a trial against Donald Trump's Trump organization for 24th for unpaid fees. Donald Trump, considering that you worked with him and he would have knowledge, would seem to be somebody who would be a witness in this trial. So what's the deal? Trump's lawyers have said he's refusing to show up, and you now have to... Go ask the judge to compel him? What's going on there?
4: So, the story here is that they have already conceded liability. They've conceded to all of the averments of the complaint How, and that this case is merely uh, damages. And so, there is no need to have uh, Trump or anyone, for that matter, from the Trump organization appear um, because they've already agreed to it. This is, again, merely uh, damages. So, it's more like they don't really have anything other than hey bring the lawyers on who have outstanding legal bills uh... and present your case as to damages only because liability is not an issue
3: that's fascinating because you know we've always heard before trump fighting everything but and this really hasn't been reported i love that you're sharing it with the beatdown brigade but that the trump organization has stipulated to the liability. In essence, they say that what you are suing us, Cohen, for, we admit it, we were wrong. So now just make the case about how much money we owe you, Cohen, you're saying we owe you X, we're saying we owe you Y. Why should Donald Trump have to show up if it's just about damages? Why do you think, Can can I ask you that question or should I save that for your lawyers? Why do you think he should show up if it's just about the damages,
4: Well, there's a multitude of reasons, but first and foremost, as part of the complaint, we're also asking for punitive damages, uh, as well as consequential damages, and he's going to be needed in order to testify to that. Um, you know, There are uh, a series of issues that you know, his testimony would be relevant. Now, do I think that he would be on the stand? For a full day the answer to that is no but there are questions there uh that are you know necessary to have trump uh as well as others from the organization there within which to corroborate um you know what was spent and so on so yeah um, for
3: example if he has a pattern and practice correct paying certain lawyers or not paying Or not paying. The only way you would get to that information from a damages perspective would be to ask them. Hey, have you paid this lawyer that amount? Hey, what are you paying that law firm for these services? So how you're right. I mean, how could you truly arrive at damages when we all know that he basically makes it up? Who he's paying? Where he's paying? His payment habits are critical.
4: Exactly. So stay tuned because. Uh, come, you know, our next regularly scheduled political beatdown on Tuesday, we can going to have a lot more to discuss.